on today's show. Why has Derek Lively been so good for the Dallas Mavericks to start this season? Are the Mavericks relying too much on him? And how did Rafael know? We'll talk about that and more on today's Lockdown Mavs. I'm Luka Doncic, and this is Lockdown Mavericks. I don't believe you shouldn't be here. Loyalty never fades away. Welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, media member and NBA channel manager of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for being part of the show, making Locked On Mavs your first listen today. But the best way you can help us grow the show is to listen every day and comment anything below. Let me know in the comment section what's one thing you want to see from Derek Lively in the next 10 games? Could be less fouling, could be more rebounding, could be anything. Let me know. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $100, $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. And joining me, the draft guru himself, <laughs> Chad Ford's appointed draft expert from Locked On NBA Big Board and the NBA Big Board newsletter. What you got for me, Rafael Barlow? Um, I'm stuffed, man. I ate too much over Thanksgiving break. How many plates? So. How many plates you get to? I don't know. I, it was kind of embarrassing. I finished two before everybody at the table finished one. <laughs> Lapping the field, Rafael Barlow. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm trying to chill out this week because I gained like <laughs> four pounds. <laughs> Not saying I'm like weight watching, but you know. Well, that's what the Bears going to hibernation for, right? Like you gain some, you gain some. You have to lift, like pack it in, and then now you can take it some nap, a nap for a while. Yeah, I need to. I need to do something active this week. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're gonna talk about Derek Lively today because it was back in February or March of this year. I think yeah. I had you on the show, and we talked about just some prospects. I was like, pitch me some prospects that the Mavericks could be looking at because it didn't look very good for the Mavericks at the time. It didn't look as bad as it ended up being, but right. uh, did not look very good. And so I was like, all right, they may have this pick. So pitch me some prospects. And you started going through some of them. And then you pitched me some guy named Derek Lively the second. And I hadn't watched much college basketball. I still hadn't watched much college basketball. And I was like, okay, you're talking me into this guy. You're talking me into this guy. So we'll talk about why Rafael was right about him what he saw in college. We'll talk about that a little later. And we want to talk about the future too. We'll focus on what he has to do to take his game to the next level, young bigs and fouling and all that kind of stuff. We'll talk about that. But I want to start here. Why has Derek Lively been so effective for Dallas early on? Because right now, when Derek Lively is on the court, the Mavericks offensive rating is 121 points per 100 possessions. Incredible. Like 88th percentile. Great. On defense, they're 114. They allow 114 points per 100 possessions. That's 51st percentile, right in the middle. Average and average for the Mavericks is amazing. We'll take average on defense. That is, that is great. And then when he leaves the floor, there's so much work. They're honestly, so their net rating is seven plus seven when he's on the court. When he's off the court, it's minus three and a half. Yep. Why does the Dallas Mavericks just offense and defense fall off a cliff when he's off the court? Well, one, I mean, if you just look at last year, I think. Powell was like averaging like four rebounds per game. So they were the worst rebounding team in the league, if I'm not mistaken. If, it weren't, if they weren't the worst, they were like the second worst rebounding Same. team in the league. It was probably three rebounds. That's probably what you were wrong about. Yeah. <laughs> so, so one, he provides rebounding. And then just the, the vertical lob threat alone, I think that the gravity of him rolling to the rim 
And even though like it's not necessarily the first option for the team's defense to to stop him, but just the fact that you have to respect him as a lob threat, and I think it's opening up corner threes for Grant Williams and and even like Derek Jones. So I think that's why he he's helping out on the offensive end and, and defensively. You just have size and you have a guy that is a threat to, to block shots. And even though he's fouling and he's still young, I just think that. I mean, you just have size and length in the middle, which is something that the Mavericks needed. They absolutely do. I mean, we have been waiting for a center like this for so long. Just a, a an actual lob threat that not that Luca can make look good, but that actually is good, right? And there is some there is some of both. Luca is making him look good in this. There's not there's some stats that I look at and go, oh, Luca is really <laughs> making the most out of Derek Lively's rookie season right now. But also, you look and say, well, Luca can make a lot of guys look good, but Derek Lively is bringing his own stuff to the table as well. Uh, I think the, the extra passing out of that yeah. is something that we haven't seen a lot that we'll probably get into a little bit more, but yeah, just his, his, his gravity and even just having a bigger guy dive, dive in the paint and like roll to the rim. I feel like adds an extra level of, Oh, we've got to go like, I've got to go dig or I've got to go like help on that guy. And then, like you said, creates open threes and we're just not seeing as as much of that when lively is, is off the court, the defense, Dropping off that far though is wild <laughs> to go from average to like bottom, like bottom of the barrel, like bottom three defense basically when he's off the court. Uh, what does he bring in on defense for you? Size, I mean size and length, and, and just someone that is a threat to to block a shot. I mean he's 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 vertical. He can get up and and, and alter shots, which is something that the Mavs haven't had in a while. They thought they were getting with DeAndre Jordan. And he was stealing rebounds. Oh, which time? Which time? Which time did they think? The time when Cuban yelled at him. That was a, that was a first that I haven't seen since. But he's driving um, around Houston. Yeah, I think then he to- almost hurt Luca one play when he was trying to 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 get still a rebound that was out of his area. But but anyway, he's just giving the Mavs what what, what they've lacked as just an interior presence on both ends of the floor. That was the first viral video I think I've ever made. I think I made a video of is is are the Mavericks freezing out Luka Doncic on my former channel and it got like 400,000 views. And I was like, "Oh, there's people oh, wow. had some feelings about this." <laughs> yeah. 400,000. That's that's a lot, man. That's People love Luka, man. I, I I found that and here I am like 6 years later. <laughs> Basically. Yeah, but yeah, that family. that was all the way back to DeAndre Jordan uh back then, but but yeah, having having somebody like that, having just you know the size to stand in front of him, watch. I went back and watched a bunch of his defensive plays, and like he gets scored on, but everybody gets scored on in the NBA, especially yeah. bigs. You, you defend so many possessions, it's just gonna happen. Offense, especially this season, is way up. Like every every team's offensive rating is up. Like the worst, the worst team in the league, maybe not the worst team because they're the Pistons, but the worst team in like the. The Bulls, like 110 offensive rating. That would have been like top five, like, like five or six years ago. It's wild how efficient teams are right now in, uh, you know, just in scoring the basketball. And like, efficient, like all the analytics have led up to this. And so if you look on the defensive side, you know, he is bringing, he is bringing a lot of that stuff. But just having somebody that's long that can uh, can stand there and and drop and drop reliably. Like it feels like when, when Dwight Powell does a drop. So player comes up and, you know, it sets a screen and then, that that player is usually being defended by the center and the center will just like drop back into the paint instead of stepping up to the level of the screen. So when they drop back, it feel like play, like players, ball handlers will just look at Dwight Powell and say, well, I'm just going to do anything I want. I'm going to shoot over the top of you. I'm going to hit a floater over the top of you. When Lively's there, at least they got to think about it, right? 
Yeah, and I mean it's it's a play on his last name, but he's a live body, and mm. you have to respect a guy that is is active and you know has a great motor. Not saying that Dwight doesn't, but I just think there's so many years of film on Dwight. You know his strengths, and, and teams know how exactly how to attack him on on the defensive end. They do, and he just doesn't bring a lot of length in that area, and so that's something that they've really struggled with. Uh, one thing I think you, you talked about is rebounding and his length earlier. Uh, in the first 14 games of a rookie center, like in their in like in their career, since 2005, Derek Lively has the most offensive rebounds, <laughs> like the most offensive rebounds by any rookie center since 2005 in their first 14 games. He's getting offensive boards, and that's something the Mavericks just haven't had at all. That creates extra possessions. That creates an easier time for the defense because you're not having to play as many defensive possessions and all that. Do the Mavericks rely too much on Derek Lively, though? That That's kind of my next question as we go into that. Well, before that, I wanted to ask you, do you think that is part of strategy? Because, you know, for the last few years, teams have abandoned crashing the glass, and yeah. they're just focusing on getting back. And I, I forgot who it was, but I spoke to someone prior to the season, and they believe that teams are going to start trying to crash the offensive glass now, especially if everybody's – trying to get back on, on on defense or whatever. So they thought it, mm. we may see a shift going back towards that. So I think it's a combination of both, in my opinion. Do you think that the Mavs are are actively trying to crash the glass? Or you think it's like their I, strategy? No, I don't think they are. I, I, wish, I wish they would sometimes, but I don't think they – I think it just – he's always going to be the farthest back. Yep. on any defensive play because he's defending the rim. He's the last line of defense. And so with him there, I think just having a big guy like that where you'll watch Dwight, he does like the exact opposite. He'll like anti-crash the glass. He'll like get back on, on, on transition defense like as fast as possible. As soon as the shot goes up almost, he's like getting back. Yeah. Whereas Lively will, will wait for a second for, you know, for better or for worse. And then and he's gotten a bunch of offensive rebounds out of it, which has been good. So just, just having somebody that can get there, like can get to the ball. Yeah, I think it has been the big difference there with him and the tap outs and just yeah. the, I mean, like I said, it. I mean, it's his last name is Lively, and at the <laughs> very minimum, he's bringing the Mavs a live body with size and and length, and so I think that that plays a big role in the extra possessions. But I, I mean, I'm very pleased with how he's played so far this season. Coming up, do the Mavericks rely too much on Derek Lively? I want to get into that, and then we'll allow Rafael to have his uh, have his victory lap here on Derek Lively and talk about what he saw from that. And so we'll talk about all that and more coming up. Today's episode brought to you by FanDuel. FanDuel Sportsbook has all kinds of odds and lines and props for you to check out through the NFL season, the NBA season now, Rookie of the Year right now. If you are you know feeling real good about Derek Lively and you're like, this is the this is the baseline. He's gonna he's gonna take off after this. He's gonna win Rookie of the Year somehow. He's getting over Chet. He's getting over Victor Wembanyama. You think those guys will get injured in some way? Probably. That's that's the only rational reason. But if you want to, Derek Lively to win Rookie of the Year is plus forty two thousand right now. You put down a hundred bucks on Derek Lively to win Rookie of the Year and he wins. You can win forty two thousand dollars. I mean, <laughs> even ten bucks. That's four thousand two. I, I don't know. If you want to put that down, go check that out. If you want to do some other stuff too, put some money and put some money on a, a money line for a game or something like that, an NFL game, an NBA game. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. Go check it out at FanDuel.com slash locked on. As the NFL season rages on, FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. 
Thanks, everybody, for hanging out with us on Lockdown Maps, being part of the show, part of the Raccoon Squad, listening every day. If you want to support the show, text me, get text alerts from me on all kinds of stuff, uh, like Maps Rumors. I sent a report from practice today, all that kind of stuff. Check it out in our subtext. Click the link in the description. Text the number as well. All right, Raphael, let's get into this next part here. Do the Mavericks rely too much on Derek Lively? Because they they don't look very good when he doesn't play. Is it too much on a rookie center for that for them to be like, all right, we just need this guy, and we're going to keep asking more and more and more of him? I don't think so. I mean, he's only playing 24 minutes per game. I would like to see him get up to about 28, 29 as the season goes on. I mean, a lot of that is going to depend on, on foul trouble. But I think that he has a a simple role in a sense yeah. like he's he's not really asked to do a lot on the offensive end but be a threat and and be a lob threat and and catch passes and set screens so i think that i i should say i don't think that they are relying too much on him and i would actually like to see more i mean like we have a guy that's averaging eight points a little under eight rebounds per game shooting 69 percent from the floor He's averaging 24 minutes. It's, so I think that he can do more with more minutes. Yeah, this question is like, are they relying too much on him? It's kind of twofold. It's like, are the Mavericks relying too much on him? Or are the Mavericks relying on him too much, right? It depends on whatever emphasis you put it on. Like, what yeah. subject in, in this question you ask? Like, are they relying too much on Derek Lively? I don't think that Lively is being asked to do too much, right? Like, I, I completely agree with you on that. Like, he, there, his role is very simple. Like you said, he, and everything that they ask him to do, he does, and he does very well. And that's the reason why he's in the NBA and was a first round pick and top, you know, lottery pick and all that. And so I think that they're not asking him to do too much. And I agree with you that I, I hope that they ask more and more of him and like continue. The problem is they are relying on him too much because when he doesn't play, they completely fall off a cliff and like they can't, they can't replace him. And so that's a, that's a Mavericks roster scheme, construction, everything question as to, well, when this rookie is not on the court, why do we fall off a cliff basically? And why is it just not working for us? That, that I think is a problem. Yeah. You uh, just go back to last year's team when, when he's off the field. Kind of. Yeah. Without not, Christian Wood. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's the difference between the two. <laughs> yeah, man. Speaking of a guy that, that thought that he was going to get paid and now he's struggling. I mean, I'm, I'm sure as much as they didn't like Dallas last year, I bet he wishes he were back here. I don't know. He's still living in LA, probably. Yeah, but the, I mean, te- like the team numbers. he loved growing up. You know, he's a numbers guy. He he wants his numbers, and he's not getting them in LA. No, we uh, we swore off Christian Wood talk on this podcast after the Lakers game. We're like, we're done. It's over. <laughs> we're putting it in the, <laughs> putting it in the back burner. There's another much. game coming up soon, though, right? Oh my god. Okay, we'll do it again for that game. Yeah. We'll talk about how he plays, and that's it. There's no more, no more of this. There's still probably people that are in the comments and on Twitter, like. Should have played Christian Wood more. He was the answer. He was the answer last year. I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> Christian and JaVale lineups together. <laughs> uh, let's talk about his college career. Derek, Derek Lively, not Christian Wood. Let's talk about Derek Lively's college career. So you came on here and you were a big proponent of him early. You had him top 10 pretty much the whole season, right? No, no. I um, I had him in the beginning and then he got off to like a really slow start. start. And then it wasn't until he started to play a little bit more. He was sidelined by a, a calf injury. And then yeah. I really had to just focus on what he's doing on the defensive end as opposed to what he did on offense because he was an absolute non-factor on offense to the point where he was screening and wasn't even rolling. Like There were plays where he would set a screen 
and he would just get back on defense because he knew that he wasn't getting touches. And so once I just kind of focused on defense and just saw that, all right, if, if you have a guy that's playing hard on the defensive end and he knows he's not getting touches, but he does have, you know, he's not a, a negative on offense as far as skill set. I'm like, imagine how much or how more effective he would be if he knew that there was someone that was going to find him you know, as a lob threat or as a yeah. role man. And so that's why I just thought the Mavs were the perfect pick or the perfect fit for him. And you nailed that. What's the difference about his role at Duke compared to his role in the NBA now? Luka Doncic. <laughs> I mean, there you it, go. That's pretty much it. <laughs> it's, uh, I mean, the, the spacing of the NBA is a lot better. I think his game is more suited for the NBA than, than college. I mean, there's no spacing in college. They played him next to Kyle Filipowski, who was supposed to be a, a floor spacer, but he shot below 30% from three. The lane is more packed. And so I just don't think that if you are like a vertical threat or a rim roller, college basketball is going to maximize your, your strength. And I think Lively has way more to his offensive game than he's been able to show, even, even in mm. Dallas. I mean, he's mm. a much better shooter. And I, and I try to watch guys' high school film because in, in, and I've mentioned this before, but I had a conversation with Bam Adebayo once and he told me always look at a guy's high school film because high school film will show you what they actually can do that mm. they may not be able to showcase in college. Because if you go to like some of the, the bigger blue blood schools, you're, you're sacrificing. And so and the, the conversation started was I, I mentioned how did, you know, like Zach Collins get drafted ahead of Bam because. And he mentioned that at Kentucky, he was used basically as a screener, a rim roller, kind of like a finisher. But he said, if you watch his high school tape, you could see that he could pass and he could handle the ball and so on. So that's kind of been an emphasis for me when I watch guys. And so when I watched Lively in high school, I saw that he was someone that could shoot, could face up. And actually, my concern about him was I thought that he was such a promising shooter that he was likely to fall in love with the shot and actually yeah. abandon being like, a, you know, a role man or a threat around the rim. And so far he's, he's proven me wrong on that point. But I, I well, think the Mavs are like, you will not do that because you will not shoot except for twice out of timeouts. <laughs> I, I think he can shoot. And, and I had mentioned it and it was funny. I tweeted it while I was at the combine. I was, uploading my locked on nba big board podcast and right. they had really good wi-fi at the arena so it just made more <laughs> sense for me to upload at the arena and once i got back to my hotel i was done and so every night around 10 or 11 o'clock i would hear like a ball bouncing and i would go because i would i would be recording in the i don't know the i don't know just the area the what's the name of it i'm lost for words but yeah, anyway, I, the hallway. Yeah, it, well, the hallway. I know there's like another name for it, but I record out in the hallway, and then I would like peek through the curtains, and I would see lively, like literally knocking down corner three after corner three. At one point, I counted. It's like, okay, he's made twelve in a row. I tweeted it, and I got accused for being a clutch puppet. And people were saying <laughs> that clutch paid me. I'm like, no, I, I'm not getting paid. He's actually shooting. And then he had the the combine where the clutch actually did their own combine and they show the actual video footage of him yeah. knocking down three after three after three. And then I think some people go, okay, he didn't make that up, but I didn't <laughs> expect him to get the freedom to shoot this year, but I definitely yeah. think down the line, he is going to be like this unique floor spacer that can anchor a defense. And those guys are extremely rare and, and really valuable in the NBA.
Oh, I mean, look at the just there's only a few right now. It's like Brooke Lopez, uh, Al Horford, probably. You can you could talk about your like Joel Embiid's or your Jokic or your Carl Anthony Towns. Like you could talk about those type of guys. Like, but those are all star MVP yeah. level. And how many are like can anchor a defense? stretch the floor and play as a vertical lob threat. Like, you know, your, your Lopez and your Horford, they're not lob threats. Jokic is not, not a anymore. lob threat. So I, I think that if Jokic he, is a lob threat, just he's a threat in any, <laughs> in any facet of the game. Just name one, like in any, well, I don't think you have to worry about the, <laughs> the, the Jokic. He's not getting, ver- okay. He's not getting vertical. He's not a vertical lob threat, but he definitely is a lob threat. Well, he's usually the one throwing the lobs. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> the op- yeah. the so, inverse. So I, I think that if he can knock down shots, you end up having like this really, really unique player that, like I said, is a vertical lob threat, can anchor a defense and space the floor. And imagine how much or, or how wide open the Mavs offense would be if there's the, the Luca lively pick and pop is, is, is a threat. Mm. Oh. So that's what I think can happen in the near future. Speaking of the future, let's talk about that. How does Derek Lively get to that spot? How does he get to a spot where he's anchoring a defense and playing more? We'll talk about that and more coming up. Today's episode brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. You can go to Prize Picks, and basketball season is here now. NFL season's still going on. If you want to be able to watch some of those NFL games, like the early slate of the NFL games, have just been not interesting at all. If you want to, if you want to have, you want to have some a little more interest in it, you can do the combo platter or the specials league as Prize Picks calls it. You can pick, for example, LeBron James and Travis Kelsey at a ten and a half combo of three pointers made and receptions. You can combine stats like that. Just pick more or less on the projections for them. For example, Dak Prescott against Seattle on Thursday, two hundred and seventy three and a half. That's very specific. Two hundred seventy three and a half passing yards. I'm going to go more on Dak. He's playing pretty well right now. And then I can combine that with the NBA. Let me go and find. Oh, this is oh the the Pistons the the, the Pistons Wizards game tonight. The uh the suck bowl basically. <laughs> I'll go Kyle Kuzma twenty three and a half. Let me go less on that. You can combine both of those if you want to. Put down twenty bucks. I can win sixty. If I put down a hundred bucks for some reason, I can win three hundred on that. Go to PrizePicks.com/slash LockedOnNBA. Use the code LockedOnNBA to get a first deposit match up to a hundred dollars. Again, go to PrizePicks.com/slash LockedOnNBA to get a uh, first deposit match up to one hundred dollars. Shut it down! Oh, Let's go! Home! All right, Raphael. Let's talk about the future. Future. Derek Lively. He can shoot the three. You were maybe the one that discovered that he can shoot the three. Did Clutch ever send you like a fruit basket or like a thank you note or like anything? No, like but his mom saw me after a game and told me, thank you for all the nice things that you said about my son she over did? the last few months. So I was like, okay, <laughs> she's listening. <laughs> she's listening. And also she coaches, she coaches lively up, uh, yeah. which is hilarious. Like game to game, she'll give him notes and he'll take stuff. And she played college ball. So you're like, okay. And she's, she's taller than me. She's like six, four. She's tall. Uh, yeah. yeah. She's very tall. <laughs> and she's in it to win it. She's like, Move your feet more, and he'll move his feet more the next game. She's great. The, I've only the, talked to her a few times, but it's been great just communicating with her. How does Lively get to a point where he can start shooting the three more? How does he? How did that? How does that translate from college to the NBA? How have we seen some of these players go from? All right, they can shoot the three. They maybe don't do it in college that much, but then eventually they can get to it in the in the NBA. I think it's going to just depend on. Jason Kidd just giving him the confidence to shoot. And I, I know this because there was a player that I, I worked with 
years ago named Dwayne Detman. Dwayne is, he, I think he's yeah. played like 13 years. And he used to spend his summers in Dallas and he could shoot and he could shoot, knock down shots. But he was never allowed to shoot. He told me when he played for the Spurs, they were like, you can't shoot anything outside the paint. And then he told me he was, I think he was traded or he ended up in Atlanta and coach uh, Boonhauser watched him shoot and saw him shoot and said, all right, if you do this again tomorrow, we'll diagram some plays for you within the first five games of the year to get you open shots. And so he said the next day he came to practice and he was knocking down shots. And then Bud was like, okay, we're going to put some plays in for you, but you have to shoot a certain percentage in order for us to keep running this play. And it, it worked out. And, and for Dwayne, it was like a life-changing year for him financially mm. because he ends up getting yeah. going from like, 10-day contracts to like a $44 million contract. And then he Jeez. goes to Sacramento and they tell him he can't shoot. And then his last stint was in Miami or, or Philly and they didn't want him to shoot also. And so it just took one coach to believe in him as, as a, a shooter. And I, I think the same with Lively. I think if kid is comfortable enough with him shooting, then I think he will. And of course you, you still want him to like still be, uh, you know, a lob threat. If I were like to guess, I'd say kid believes he can shoot, but he doesn't want him to get too comfortable with it early. He still wants him mm. to be, you know, the the lob threat, the the guy that's a roller. Because we've seen plenty of guys. Like my all time favorite player is Rasheed Wallace. You know, once Rasheed started making threes, he's clearly camped out and and only shot threes. <laughs> and so I think that kid is from that old nba in a sense to where you you still want your big man to to dominate the paint so i think he's probably wanting him to master his role now and then he'll give him the freedom to shoot down the line that Dwayne deadman story is wild because yeah he literally took zero threes his first like five or six years in the nba and then took 3.3 threes a game in 2018 which is like that's so wild yeah and i mean like i said he could always well that was something he was working on once you know he got to the nba and it just took one coach one yeah. coach to believe in him and he hasn't had one that believed in his shooting since <laughs> he hasn't yeah it's an interesting point with with lively it's like it's all about scheme and intention and what you want like eventually i think that they he, he's got to also be able to catch up to the speed of the game so i wonder if kid is taking the, these first i don't know 25, 30, 50 games or whatever in his career. All right, catch up to the speed of the game. And then let's introduce the three a little bit here and there. Yeah. Uh, they've I, I joked earlier, but they have run two plays where Derek Lavely gets a wide open three in the corner out of a timeout just to try it and just to see what, what it is. And they did not go very well. And so maybe he's like, all right, we'll sprinkle a couple of these in and like and feed the big man just a little bit here and there. Yep. And then then see what happens there. Um, what other things do you think Lively has to work on to Take him to another level. I would like, and it's not necessarily all on lively, but I would like the NBA to get to the point to where if you have switches, then you can dump it down to your big and, and let him take advantage of, of those switches. I don't see it really happening too much in Dallas because if there is a switch, that means there's a big guarding Luca and you want that advantage right. all day because Luca's going to either get fouled or lay up or kick it out to somebody for a three. But I would like to see, you know, maybe once a game that they they dump it down to him. He gets a post touch and maybe like a jump hook. It was something that he showed a little bit in high school, but he was obviously bigger and more talented than everyone else. I didn't think it would be like his strong suit, 
but it would be something if if he has like a, a jump hook that that he can add to take advantage of, of of mismatches. I think that would be great. But I mean, the passing has been really good, and I was high on him as a passer, but his passing has been a lot better than than I yeah. thought. And so if he continues to develop there as a passer. I mean, I, I think Derek Lively can be an all-NBA player. I do. I mean, of course, like, some guys are going to have to retire. <laughs> <laughs> fair, fair. There's gonna, fair. And there's going to be some injuries. But well, it's I positionless mean, now, right? So I mean, maybe maybe not. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it is a little bit ambitious for me to say that. But I, I do think at some point, if he can put it all together, mm. like I said, as a, a floor spacer, a defender – a passer, I think the foundation is definitely there. You mentioned earlier that you think he can do more offensively. You mentioned a face-up game. What did you see from him in his, in his high school tape that you looked through that showed that he could do some of that kind of stuff? That he was a, a good shooter. He played with, with Jalen Duran. They were on the same team. Yeah. So, I mean, imagine you're in high school. You, you imagine like you're a five, seven point guard in high school. And you have to go up <laughs> against that. <laughs> Only thing you're doing is shooting jumpers. There's no way you're going into, no. into the paint. And so with, with, with Jalen, like being in the middle, Lively was kind of forced to play, not necessarily out on the perimeter, but he was kind of forced to play a, a different role than he's playing now. So he was the number one player in his class, depending on the publication. And it was a lot of it was because he was a, a gifted offensive player. Hmm. You're talking face up game, like drive, drive to the basket, finish, like do anything like that, or are you just talking about just just pop, like yeah, I mean just shot. knock down shots and then maybe one or two dribbles t- to get yeah. to the rim and make something happen. But I mean, it's something that I don't think I saw once at Duke, and I haven't really seen this no, year. It hasn't happened. But I, I think that he is a good enough shooter to where he can pop and 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 make you know the short corner jumper. Or, or jumpers at the elbow, and then I do think that you know, if if there is a closeout, a short closeout, he can attack and, and get to the rim. There you go. Go listen to Locked On NBA Big Board. You're you and your brother James Barlow, that dynamic duo now, are covering all kinds of uh, scouting, international ball, college ball. If you want to know anything about the next crop of players coming to the NBA, go check out uh, Locked On NBA Big Board as well as the NBA Big Board newsletter and the website. Go check out that and subscribe to that as well. I do. It's great. Go check it out. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Locked on Mavs. Peace out. Boom.